Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Welcome into Ravens Press Fest as we introduce Todd Munkin as the new offensive coordinator. Go ahead and take a listen. Hey, everybody. Good to see you. Welcome. It's been a long time. Seems like it's been a long time. We've been busy. So, uh, but thanks for coming. Uh, we're here to introduce Todd Munkin as the new offensive coordinator of the Baltimore Ravens. And I'm very, very excited to be able to do that. But before we get into that, I want to first of all thank some people, thank the candidates that were involved. We had some amazing candidates that we had a chance to talk to, both college and pro coaches. And I want to thank them for their time, their effort, and uh, for their work in, this, in the interview process. I also want to thank the committee. We had a committee led by Coach Anthony Weaver, who uh, did a great job. Steve Claggett was on the committee, and Scott Cohen was on the committee. And those guys interviewed Todd, and they interviewed uh, all the other candidates, too. Uh, pretty thoroughly, so I appreciate those guys' efforts, and they weighed in on the decision. Um, all the recommendations and um, calls and, and uh, conversations that we had with different people about all the different candidates, I want to thank all those people, too, because it, it was a big help. Um, you know, we made a decision to throw a big net out there, and, uh, and uh, when you do that, when you cast a big net, you know, it's a big undertaking, and uh, it comes with challenges. You know, it's, um, there's a lot of calls, there's a lot of conversations, it's a lot of information gathering. A lot of people in the building helped us with that. Uh, we, we got to know a lot of people. We got to know their stats. We got to know their families, their backgrounds, all those kind of things. We had, we had the Zoom meetings with, with everybody on a first level. Then we had in-person meetings with a, a, a pretty, pretty big group of guys that were here at the building and, and really enjoyed that. And, and it gets emotional, you know? I mean, this is a, it's a career opportunity for a lot of coaches and you kind of go through that with them, you know? And things are moving fast. And, Things are happening, and people are getting pressured in different directions. And, and I kind of rode that roller coaster with different guys, but there's a lot of rewards that go with it, too. And just personally, it was a great experience. I had a chance to get to know some people really well that I didn't know before, Todd obviously being one of those, but also all the other candidates that were involved. Got to know their families in some cases. Um, got to learn a lot of football, you know, in different ways that people do things, whether it's systems or how they approach it or how they relate to their players. Uh, how they run their no-huddle offenses. I mean, all those things are things that were, you know, just interesting and valuable. Um, and you get to find out and you realize that there's a lot of great coaches in this profession, a lot of great people in this profession, both in the NFL and at the college level. And it made me feel great to be a part of the profession to get to know these people. And then it came back to, uh, to Todd Munkin. And it started with a call I got. Todd doesn't even know this. It started with a call that I got from my sister, Joni Crean, and Tom Crean. Because uh, when Todd was at Georgia the last couple of years, Joni and Tom got to know Todd and his wife and 
Terry, and, and they got to be uh, friends, I think, you know, and uh, spent a lot of time together. And, and Joni just tells me, you've got to talk to Todd Munkin. He's amazing. His wife's amazing. He's a great coach. We've seen what he's done here at Georgia. Got on the phone with Tom. Tom reiterated that, how much he respected Todd. And that really got me thinking in that direction. So we reached out and had a chance to talk to Todd. And, and uh, I think on the phone first, and then the Zoom meeting, just talking ball, really. Talking background. We're kind of both from the Midwest originally, but so we, we know a lot of the same people. And I know Todd from afar. You know, I'd watched him coach. We coached against each other. Um, but then just talking ball and just how, how, how really great, how extensive his knowledge is, how broad his knowledge is, how, how adaptable he is, how versatile he is in terms of what he's able to do with his, with his X's and O's and his scheme stuff. So the ability to move in different kind of systems, uh, different kind of uh, types of football, different personnel groups, run game, pass game, protection, RPOs, quarterback driven stuff, downhill run game, play action stuff tied to it, all the stuff that we're kind of looking for. Different kind of tempos, huddle, no huddle, real fast, controlled tempo, call plays at the line, don't call plays at the line. I mean, these are all things that you talk about, things that he brings to the table that he's really, I just think, very versatile with. And that's going to be very valuable for us. So that part of it. The relationship part of it was really good, too. You know, you talk to different people that have been around Todd, players especially, but also coaches. Uh, he's just got a great way with players. He's got a great way in the meeting room. He's very talented in the meeting room. Gets the guys going, gets them laughing a little bit. You'll see. You know, he can talk and he can tell a story, but he can challenge the guys too and hold them to the highest standard. I know our players are going to love him, are going to love being around him every single day. And, uh, and also, I think, finally, I guess the, the, the biggest part for me, you know, character obviously, relationships obviously, but the ability to and the focus on building an offense around the talent that you have. Not necessarily a one-system type of, a, of an approach, that this is our system and we fit the players to the system, but a player-driven approach that we're going to build a system around the players and around the, you know, around the personality of the team. I think our fan base is going to be really excited with what we see from this offense going forward. I know I am. So uh, we're going to get started today. And I guess with no further ado, I'm going to introduce to you our new offensive coordinator, Todd Munkin. Thank you. And, uh... A big shout out to, to Steve Biscotti and obviously Coach and Eric DaCosta and Sashi. You know, they were all part of it. So uh, excited, excited to get started. And, uh, you know, we got a lot of work ahead of us, obviously starting with staff and then obviously putting a plan together, building off of what's been really successful in the past, power run game, play action, um, and then trying to build off that. And uh, so it's, it's been exciting. I've been here since last Wednesday, so it's been fun to get started. And I know it's going to go fast, so we have a lot of work ahead of us. Todd, you obviously could have stayed at Georgia. I think you know, it was pretty well known about that. What made, what made this so appealing? What, why did, it, what did this job lure you away and, and, and come here? I think first is the challenge, doing it against the best in the world. I think everybody aspires to have that challenge. Um, if I was going to do it, it was going to be somewhere that was parallel to Georgia. Uh, part of the reason I went to Georgia, one of the main reasons was because of culture, head coach, winning, really good on defense, obviously trying to find a way to do it better on offense. So I thought that was a, a, a parallel that I thought uh, fit me. Um, so irrespective of uh, who was or wasn't going to be on the roster, I felt like it was, um, it was something I really wanted to do and, and that I've always wanted to do. Um, so that doesn't mean that I'm not 
grateful for Kirby Smart and the coaches that I worked with there. I get way too much credit for our success. I came in there and the culture was already set. The players were already recruited. The staff that we put together was tremendous in terms of our success. Um, but this was what was next. And you can't be two places at once. That's just the way it is sometimes in life. Um, that was a great job. And, um, and it was hard. You get close to the players, but you can't be two places at once. And this is what's next. Todd, you here in Baltimore, you will have to be able to coach one of the high-profile players in Lamar Jackson. Have you had a chance to talk to him yet? I really haven't had a chance to talk to any of the players, you know, yet, really. Just getting here last Wednesday, just trying to get my feet wet, working through a lot of things that come from um, staff, what we're going to do moving forward, all that, just trying to figure out where I'm headed when I drive to the facility. Todd, you coached in the NFL prior to your time in Georgia. What do you think you learned over these last three years playing at the highest level uh, that you can take away and, and make yourself a better NFL coach? I think the game's changed. I think um, the game has become more of a space game, using all 53 and a third yards and using the width and depth of the field, using space players and your skill players. I think that's changed. Years ago, maybe it was inside zone and run duo downhill. Now it's utilizing um, athletic quarterbacks. The game has changed. It's changing from, you know, one time it was uh, taller you know, pocket passers, and now you're seeing more shorter athletic players. The game has changed in terms of using their athleticism, using players' athleticism, what they, what they bring to the table, because um, the game is about space. It's about being explosive. Well, how do you create explosives? Well, part of it is creating space. So that's probably the biggest thing, is how do you find a way to incorporate that uh, into your offense? I think also being no huddle, some tempo. Um, what that provides, that creates, because we were all no huddle. It's a little bit different then because of the, the dynamics of a signal system and then, you know, the green dot to the quarterback. So you have to work through some of that. That'll take some working through, but um, just a, it's a speed bump, not a hurdle. Uh, uh, John, John talked John. about how you're, you're not witted to a system, but you, you, you build your offense around the talent that you have. And I've heard that over and over from, from people I've talked to who've worked with you. Is that a philosophy that you've had from early on? Like, I know, I mean, I know your dad was a longtime coach. I mean, is that something you learned from him, or where, where did that come from, that approach? Uh, well, first of all, I learned a lot from my dad, but at that age, I probably wasn't, you know, I was just happy to be on the field and be a water boy, and all my heroes were my dad's players. I mean, that's what you are when you're a coach's kid, is, and it's not always the players are the best players. I learned this. This is one thing I did learn from my dad and some coaches, is that and you try to tell the players and coaches is that, um, you know, young people's favorite players at first start off to be uh, the best players, but then eventually it's the, the ones that make you feel special. And so that's your job is to make people feel special and that, uh, you know, your job is for them. You know, you have a job for them. That's why you have a job is to create the best version of them. And the moment we forget that, we're wrong. We're dead wrong. Um, you know, I think when they say adapt to the personnel you have, let's start off by this. Everything works better with really good personnel. So let's start with that. Uh, irrespective of what that may look like from running back, tight end, receiver. And I've been really lucky to be a lot, of, a lot of really good coaches that I was a part of that. You know, one time I was at Louisiana Tech, and that was when Gary Croton and they were spread, and that's when it started off with bubbles and getting the ball out on the perimeter. And then I went with Les Miles, and his fourth and four was just toss it to Jacob Hester. Like, it was power run game, and inside run was – 30 minutes and you practice for three hours. And there's certain aspects of all of that that you gather, um, that you learn from, and you take that. And what you realize is that um, good football still is surrounded by 
Don't turn it over. Be explosive. Score touchdowns in the red zone. Be good on third downs. Don't have lost yards plays and athletic quarterbacks that make off-schedule plays. The rest of it just falls into that. That's the analytical part. How do we get to that model? Don't turn it over and how are we explosive? I don't care if it's with a fullback, without a fullback. Four wide, three wide. My cousins at Army wanted to run a triple option. That works. Okay, now you can only run what you know. You can't just make stuff up. I mean, it's fun to do that, but it usually doesn't work. But the reality is, is that it's, there's a lot of ways to skin a cat, but still the, the principles of how you win are the same. Tom, did uh, John Harbaugh or Eric DaCosta, what did they tell you concerning the long-term availability of Lamar Jackson, and did any uncertainty there weigh in your decision-making? Well, okay, first of all, I count on Eric and John there best in the business. They're going to take care of anything that has to do with any player, not just Lamar. Sure, any player that's part of a roster where you're going into, you have an interest of what the roster is going to look like. But ultimately, I want to be someplace where structure, organization, great on defense from top to bottom. And everywhere I talked to and everybody I talked to, excuse me, said, you want to be, you want to be a Baltimore Raven. You want to be a part of that organization moving forward. Uh, how difficult will it be uh, Lamar holds out, comes the first week of the season, you know, how far behind will he be with your install? Oh, I'm sure he'll be behind, but um, it's still just football. I mean, I think sometimes we make this out to be way too much, you know. I mean, it's just football. It's been playing. I don't know when he started, maybe at five years old with the Purple Pounders or something in Miami or something. I mean, it's just football. Like, we'll cater to what he knows and – play but I mean it's like any player you know if any any, any players like that you know to where they'd be um, the more time you spend with them the more comfortable they get with any system that's or relationship that's part of it and there's a big part of that relationship from a quarterback coordinator play caller position coach where they're comfortable and there's a trust that is a big part of that and that's built over time even beyond individual plays is that comfort of like hey we're, we're going to give you the keys to this car. Let's see what you can do. That happens a lot more in the offseason. I'm kind of now expanding it. Like, in the offseason is where you experiment. That's where you kind of, you know, let the quarterback have some reins with it. As you get closer to the season, that kind of goes away a little bit. You have to start game planning and really be dialed into what you're going to do. Todd, you've worked with a lot of different quarterbacks. How would you describe the skill set you would have to work with with Lamar Jackson? Elite. You know, he's got an elite skill set. I mean, it's obvious when you watch him on, on film. I mean, the things he can do with the football and the plays that he makes. And uh, I think he's underrated as a passer. Maybe I, I think so in terms of his ability to make plays and throw it down the field. Um, so you've all seen it. I mean, I'm like you. I haven't, I mean, I'm no different than you. I watch what you guys watch, you know, and it's pretty amazing. Have you worked with anyone in – Similar in, in your many, uh, no. nothing like that. No. So what would you say some of the strengths and uh, weaknesses of this offense? I mean, I would assume you probably watched it um, in the brief time. Yeah. What would you say? They are you know, that's hard because, um, first of all, when I first started watching film, first of all, you know, there's a transition because Lamar has been here for a while, you know, and the roster changes around players and injuries add to that. And I first started watching, and I'm like, wow, they do, like, they do really good stuff in the run game. Like, holy cow, that, that is very creative. And at first I was watching it going, I have no idea why they want me there. Like, I don't know what I'm going to be able to 
be better at, truly. You know, I was like, wow, they did some really good things. And, um, you know, as you continue to watch and, you know, players dictate style of play. They do. Players around the quarterback dictate a style of play. There's no way around it. When I was at Tampa, we had really good receivers. We had Deshaun, we had Mike Evans, we had Chris Godwin, we had Adam Humphreys, and we had O.J. Howard, and we had Cam Brait, and we had quarterbacks that loved to throw it sometimes to the other team, but they liked to throw it. But the reality is we were much better throwing it. So that's what you, right, that's where you play to, the strengths of who you have, right? We had to be good throwing it. Uh, we weren't nearly as adept running it. And we, I, needed, I needed to do a better job probably scheming it. Okay, so then you get into somewhere where you start losing some of your perimeter players. It's still about winning. So it's hard to judge because you don't know the roster. Does that make sense? Like, why are they doing the things they're doing offensively? Because it's still about winning. You have to do the things that give you the best chance to win every week. Um, but I do think that being able to use, I think players want to play in a game that spaces the field. I think when you go into an install meeting, all of your skilled players want to say, where are my opportunities coming? Where am I going to get a chance to touch the football and showcase my ability? And I think the more you're able to do that and utilize that, because to me, balance isn't run pass. Balance is make them cover all five of your guys, make them defend the field, make them defend, you know, the depth of the field. So I think it's all of those things, easier said than done sometimes, based on personnel. But I think that's where players want to play. They see themselves in that. The game has gone that way. That's the way the college game has gone. That's what they're used to. They're not used to anymore being under center five-step drop. That doesn't exist. They're used to being in gun, RPOs, spreading the field, using space players. That's what they're used to. So I think that's the style they want to play. And so if you said, yeah, is that who we're going to be? I'm not saying that. I'm just saying I think that's got to be a part of what you do. Uh, you mentioned that Lamar, you think, is, is underrated maybe as a, as a passer. How do you think he's underrated in that way? I think it probably started off when he came out. I think that was already a narrative. I think sometimes there's narrative that gets put out there and it just carries, right? Doesn't matter what it is. I don't, doesn't matter. There's narratives in all of our life of what some person can become, who they are, where they were born, ethnicity. It doesn't matter. You put a narrative as to what they can be. I think that started from the get-go of what he can and can't be. And I think in a lot of ways, he's proven that to be a falsehood in terms of what he's capable of. And, but again, some of those things is a little bit I got to be careful of how far I step out there because I've never worked with him. So you're sitting there saying things that, you know, um, what was taught, how they schemed it, all those things, but it's impressive. You're listening to Ravens Press Pass. Make sure if you haven't done so already to subscribe, rate, and review. And while you're at it, go ahead and search The Lounge and subscribe and rate and review that as well. Yeah, on the Lounge Podcast, we've been doing it for several years now. More than several. Several years, yeah, going back a long ways. And our goal with it is to allow you to pull back the curtain, step inside the castle, take a seat in the lounge, Mm -hmm. and get to know people in this building in a unique way. So we're talking about all the big news happening around this team this offseason and throughout the entire year. We have unique conversations with uh, coaches, executives, front office, media members. Players. Players, of course, and it's, uh, it's a fun time. Yeah, so now back to Todd Munkin's introductory press conference. Todd, you had two really good tight ends at Georgia this past year. You, you walk in now with Mark Andrews and Isaiah Likely. Specifically with Isaiah Likely, how do you feel like you can help take his game to the next level? Oh, I, I don't, you know, um, <clears throat> we became that because they were two of our best players. 
And of course, that pissed off every slot we had. So that's just the way this works, right? Okay, you're 11 personnel, your tight ends are mad. You're in 21 personnel. It's just the way this goes. I get it. You know, everybody wants to play. I mean, I get it. Well, our, two of our best players were those guys. Luckily, our slots were very um, team-oriented. They were great kids. They understood that. Some of our best leaders, they didn't get the opportunities they wanted. But ultimately, they were paid to score, move the football. They were two of our best players. That'll, that always plays itself out. Um, and so... When you look at the roster, you see, okay, Mark, who's done it for X amount of years. And Mark won't remember this. Oh, well, you got two great times. So I'm going to tell a story just for the hell of it here since I have the microphone. So 12 years ago, I'm at Oklahoma State. Mark probably doesn't remember this. So I'm at Oklahoma State. Casey Dunn is the wide receiver coach. I'm the coordinator. We're flying to Arizona to watch a quarterback throw and a receiver run routes. This is 2011. Okay, we go there. I'm dog cussing him the whole way. Can't believe we're going to see sophomores. This is the dumbest thing going. I get there. It's Kyle Allen throwing. And it's Mark Andrews catching as a sophomore, 16-year-old, playing wide receiver. And of course, he goes to Oklahoma, but, uh, and I'm at Oklahoma State. So, but but the, the, the fact of the matter is, is that he's a tremendous player, done it for a number of years. You've got a young player that is learning how to play at the professional level, but they both have the ability to make plays down the field, run after catch. Um, so it's a great um, starting point because I think they're tough matchup guys. I think it starts with matchups. Where if, once you get out of the run play action world, now you're in a matchup world. Running backs that can win on linebackers, tight ends that can win, and it forces them. Are they going to go big and you win matchups, or are they going to go small and you're better off in the run game? Those guys create matchup issues for you, which is a great starting point. Todd, are you sorry about that? I got off a little tangent. Todd, are you anticipating keeping most of the offensive staff in place, or are you still figuring that out? Is it possible you would bring? It's still a work in progress. You know, I just got here last Wednesday. Um, they did a tremendous job here. You can look at film, and some of the things they did on offense were tremendous. So we're, it's still a work in progress. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney Collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility Dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Todd, the institutional thinking is that you know, the college game kind of flows up to the NFL in terms of scheme and play calling. So having been at the college level for the last few years, you know, what do you think will be next in terms of you know, big picture philosophy that comes to the NFL? I think it's already started. You can see it, just the teams that were – and they'd already started that years ago. Was, um, um, uh, when I got to Jacksonville, 
my first stop 15 years ago, 2007, and they started to, to do stats of like under center and gun. And all it's, does is, all it's done is continue to climb. One with spread offenses and the evolution of more athletic quarterbacks utilizing you know, their legs. Now that comes with a price because you can get beat up, right? I mean, you can get hurt. I mean, it, you expose yourself a little bit more, but the game has changed in terms of that where like I was saying with quarterbacks, you're seeing less and less big pocket throwing quarterbacks. I'm not saying that's going away because you still have to have an elite skill set. doesn't matter what it is, but you're seeing a lot more where it's like, okay, what are you going to sacrifice? Would you rather have a 6'5 statue, okay, um, or would you rather have someone that's maybe a little more athletic? And first of all, you'd love one that's a really good player because you wouldn't turn down Tom Brady, right? So I'm, I'm not saying that. Never gonna, you still have to be elite. But the point is, is what you're having to look at there's more and more athletic quarterbacks. There's more spread. And the more spread you are and the more empty you are, it's more fun if your guy's athletic. He can get you out of trouble. Like, he can buy yards in the, the, uh, the Super Bowl. I think Mahomes had 40 yards, even with a bad ankle, and the other quarterback had 70. Well, that's hidden yardage. That's auxiliary yardage. Gets you out of trouble because you're rarely going to be perfect in protections, right? And the more spread you get, right, the more space the more, okay, wow, they start to cover down and he makes a guy miss, he can make you pay. I think the game has changed that way where years ago when I was that way, there were more fullbacks. There were more Mike linebackers. There were more big tight ends. There were more Mercedes Lewis. Hell, he's been playing since I was in Jacksonville, for God's sakes. And we got a guy coming out, Darnell Washington. He's a throwback. Why? Try to find a why. Try to find a blocker in college. Try to find that. It's very difficult. You're finding more air raid wideouts that were big. Kittle was 205 pounds out of high school. He was playing wideout. Well, those are your matchup guys because they were wideouts. They, they got raised in a wideout offense and they got bigger. So that, they're even more of a matchup because they can route run, they can separate. So I think that's where the game has changed for matchup players. And teams are more willing to do that. When you take Wes Welker playing X receiver for the Dolphins, and they were ahead of their time. They put him in the slot and he's a Hall of Famer. You leave him at X or Z, he's not a Hall of Famer. He's a good player, not a Hall of Famer. So what is it that you do with a certain player that creates that advantage? Same with tight ends. Years ago, you know, at one time, Kellen Winslow was like, that was a novelty. That was like, boy, that's a, holy cow. He's not the novelty. That is what it is now. That's the game today. Uh, your impression of Odell Beckham? Can I, I don't even know the rules. Can I speak on it? Oh, so that I can speak on it. You can't speak on a guy that's under contract, right? Okay. I really like Odell. Odell, super athletic, twitchy really likes football. I mean, I really did. You know, it didn't work out the year I was there, but ultimately, he's like every skilled player. He's no different. I don't know why everybody gets pissed off. Like, he wants the ball. Well, really? Like, I don't know where I've been where a great player didn't want the ball. I didn't know where a basketball player didn't want shots or a baseball player didn't want to get bat bats. That's what they want. They want opportunities to showcase their ability. I think it's awesome. I think he's tremendously skilled and and I like his personality, he likes to compete. He has a tough deal though, because he's a, he, in my opinion, and he may think differently, and he may, it's like, it's tough being a, um, a face. Does that make sense? Like NBA deals with it all the time, but there's very few NFL players outside of quarterbacks that they really know their face, that they're a, they're a market. They're, and he's that way, and I think that makes it hard, you know, at times when you're under the microscope like he is. Really is hard, but I, I liked Odell a lot. Liked the skill set, liked his work ethic. He fought through an injury, tremendous. Two more questions, Todd. Uh, I think you, you, know, you said this wasn't a big issue, but you know, 
just events. I think he didn't really understand football until he got to working with you. And you said all the credit to him. I guess, how do you kind of go about teaching guys to see football the way that you do so that you guys are all on the same page? Well, that's, that's way too much. I mean, obviously then, you know, he was under, a, he was at a camera and he had to say that, you know what I'm saying, to say that. So, I mean, let's, let's, get, let's get real. Like, um, you know, the reality is he was a really good player. Even, I, I was already thinking about my answer before I actually heard the second part of the question. What was the second part of the question? Sorry. You go about teaching players to, to see the game that you want them to see. Um, I think it's the reverse of that. I think it's how they see the game. I think, and then figuring out what they already know, like how they see it and are they capable of certain things. Some players are more capable than others, right? Like anything, any job. Um, that you have. Some people are more capable than others of certain tasks, right? So some quarterbacks want control. Some quarterbacks want to be in charge of changing routes and protections, and some don't. Some don't want that. Some players, it, there's a lot that goes with that. He wanted that. He's very smart. He was older. He understood football. He just didn't understand certain things that if you want to play in the NFL, you're going to have to know. So, you know, for him to say that, um, you know, I mean, I don't know, you know, but the reality is, is I think you see it through the player's eyes first and then you go from there because you can't, you can't force someone to do something they're not capable of. You can't take a, you know, fullback and say, hey, we want you to be a matchup guy and a linebacker, you know, things like that that you just have to work through. Uh, the past five years, the, the area where the Ravens have struggled is consistently throwing football and watching some of the film that you have of this team. How much can this team improve, especially in the past game? Well, it starts with um, working together. Um, an elite passing game is timing. It's working together. Um, and I think the less you have of that based on off-season or rotating your skill players, I think the harder that becomes. And I think the more consistent, the other thing is we have to do a great job of building concepts that fit together, so it fits in a quarterback's brain, that okay, this is X, Y, Z, whatever, but it's very similar, the same of how we start. And I think the more you go down that road, I think the easier it becomes. Obviously, the better you run the football, the better it is to throw it. So it starts with the with the excellent run game and then go from there. Chance, Coach. One more. For the fans. Better be a good for the fans. <laughs> that was a good one, though. I like the way I said Like, it wasn't your question. It was for the fans. <laughs> Who's going to let down the fans, for God's sakes, right? You had to go with that question then. Holy cow. Well, you're probably aware there is a, an avid fan base that hopes and prays that you are the one that is going to fix this offense, which has struggled. How do you – is there a pressure that comes with that, and how do you personally handle scrutiny that comes with this job? Well, I think first off – as we all know in this profession, let's start with this. Um, this is week to week, month to month, year to year, because I don't think that fan base would have said that 19, right? I would have doubted that would have been the way that they thought of it. And things go year to year, and, and, and then you re reassess. Does that make sense? Um, who doesn't like offense, for God's sakes? The league revolves around fantasy football. I mean, they want to see scoring, right? I mean, that's, it's interesting. You could win 41-40, or you could win 7-6, and you'd think the 41-40 team's just killing it. It's the way it is. It's what we're built around, right? Um, I only control what I can control. You say, is there pressure around it? There's pressure everywhere. There was pressure at George. You could say, well, you had the best players. Yeah, but they expect us to go 10-2 and two at a minimum. That's pressure. You know, you can't lose many games, you know. So it's, there's pressure. It's what we do. That's what we sign up for. That, that's our job. Like that, 
Anybody that says that doesn't come with the territory, they're lying. That's a big part of what we do. And yet that's some of what drives us, you know, that challenge of doing it better than they do it. Because that's what it comes down to in the NFL. You got good players, you got good coaches, you got good scheme. How do we do it better than they do it? How do we gain percentages? Whatever there's a 1% here, whether it's analytics, whether it's special teams, whether it's protection, whether it's a player, you're just trying to gain percentages to give you the best chance to move the football. So I'm excited. I'm excited to get started. Um, but again, um, again, like I always say, we're paid to score. You know, and if you don't score, that's no fun. I mean, I don't know what else to say. And it's fun. Obviously, I get it, you know, so. Thanks for listening to Ravens Press Pass with Todd Munkin, introduced as the new offensive coordinator. I thought he came off really well. Very likable guy and, and gave a few clues to what his offense might look like. And uh, his excitement level working with Lamar Jackson, joining a, a franchise with such a great defense and, and great culture. And you can definitely tell how excited he is to be to be with the Ravens now. So thank you for listening. If you haven't done so already, make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. And we'll be back with you next week at the NFL Scouting Combine with press conferences with General Manager Eric DaCosta and Head Coach John Harbaugh. Thanks for tuning in. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> That. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.